a smooth grain production. Presents. All unsaved progress will be lost. Hello everybody, welcome back to All Unsaved Progress Will Be Lost. I am your host, White Claw Master Jared DeBejarado. And I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, uh, Frontier Psychiatrist Patrick Reese. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing good. I just found out I'm a Frontier Psychologist. <laughs> um, I said Frontier Psychiatrist, didn't I? <laughs> Yeah. I fucked that one up. Oh, well. That's okay. It happens. Uh, uh, the date good. is August 4th, 2021. And this is another Quick Save Express episode of All Unsafe Progress. We are uh, doing this one on our favorite series of all time, maybe? Question mark? It's up there. It's up there. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a top, top it's, five. Yeah, I was going to say, it's top five, maybe even top three, for sure. That series is uh, Dark Souls, Soulsborne series, as it were. Yes, sir. Since Bloodborne came out and everyone likes to fit that in there. Yeah, it it's similar enough. And then Sekiro came out and people were like, what do we call it now? Yeah, I, th- Everyone's I think... Everyone's like, it's still Souls. It's, it's still Souls. It's still it's still Soulsborne. I don't know that I consider Sekiro similar enough to include it in the anthology. Um, I'll be the judge of that when yeah. I play it in, like, two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is really, really good, though. Um, but I, I don't uh, know. Yeah. I'm... I'm of the opinion Soulsborne is fine, but to me it feels a little Metroidvania, uh, where it's like it, the you know when you saying that you get the point of the game across, but I know that people don't like the term Metroidvania <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Some people I, I have a very specific person in mind when I say this. Aaron Hansen, Raptor. I know you listen to this podcast. I know you listen to this podcast, Shuffle Master. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, people have been using the the description "souls like" recently, which I think fits a little better. Yeah, I agree that that entered the math, the uh, the lexicon of common gamer terms, I suppose, within the past yeah. few years. I think it gets across, it, you know, it gets the point across. Yeah, definitely. If if a game has heavy Dark Souls influences or vibes, uh, Souls-like is a, a fit descriptor since, you know, Souls was, you know, the first one to the one. establish the one. these rules, so. And then everything like it is uh, Souls-like, so there you go. And there you so, go. So, uh... We were going to do this episode about the series of Dark Souls, including Demon Souls and Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. All the games I've played, I still haven't played Sekiro, so I have nothing to say about Sekiro yet. I have but things two to years, say about Sekiro. But... In two years, I will have things to say about Sekiro. All right. Mark the date. April 4th, <laughs> 2022, or 2023, is when... <laughs> April 4th. August 4th. Man, you are like way out of whack. Listen, dude. April 4th, 2022. <laughs> August 4th, 2023. We Mark will make calendars. this Sekiro episode. 
It's going to be April 4th, 2022, just because of that. Just because that's the first thing I said. Yeah. Yeah. You. It's like it's like when you're accidentally, it's like, he can do it in nine, eight, seven, six! <laughs> yeah. Shouts out if you get that reference. You get a shout out from me. Also, shout out to our sponsors. Uh... Joker Pill Drudge, again, as always, it's a new month. I, I feel like we gotta shout them out a little more. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Joker Pill Drudge. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you Very for much. your generous donations. We appreciate it. And thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this podcast. Shouts out, Anchor.fm. Thank you a lot. And uh, I suppose since we won't have a, much of a mid-roll ad for this episode, we'll just get right into it, you know? Sure, man. Once... Let's dive in. You want to? Well, let's let's start from the beginning, I guess. Let's talk Demon Souls. Let's talk Demon Souls, man. Shit, this wasn't the first game I played in the Souls series, but <laughs> uh, was this the first game you played? I remember you. Yes, mentioned. I, I played this um, before they even announced Dark Souls. Um, so this was like 2010 ish, maybe. Yeah, it came out in like 2009. This came out in 2009. I bought it after it had become um under the greatest hits label so probably somewhere around 2010 yeah bought it off amazon for 20 dollars with the soundtrack cd That's um based. based what'd you think of it what'd you think what'd you think like as a newcomer did you did you hear a lot about it and that's why you bought it or did you just kind of yeah. jump in so i watched a couple of reviews because um the thumbnails were eye-catching and at the time the idea sounded enticing right like a, a game that was just really difficult but rewarded you for taking your time with it and being patient and learning it and i was really into the art i thought the music was cool and just like the whole like atmosphere of the game um enticed me Mm -hmm. so i i bought the game kind of knowing what i was going into and kind of not um right and i came away from it first of all um my first playthrough of demon souls was rough uh, i think yeah especially um with I the game yeah the game only having been out game. for a year and it was, you know, my first experience. I didn't understand world tendency. I yeah. no one I, understands world tendency. Not even people who play the game. Right? Yeah. I looked up a lot of guides, um, and you know, beginners tips, and you know, other things. And it was kind of, kind of a. I don't want to say a slog, because I was enjoying the game. But mm -hmm. it was definitely it was an enjoyable a, slog. Yeah, it was definitely a struggle um, up until that point, And I think even maybe to this day, it's certainly one of the hardest games <clears throat> I've ever played. Um, and part of that is due to Demon Souls being um, obtuse, like willingly. Yeah, <laughs> like, very obtuse. Yeah. It's, it's obtuse and it... <clears throat> Uh, like it obfuscates information from the player um, intentionally and for obvious reasons. Um, but the game itself 
beyond like <laughs> the punishment it was it was delving to me um was just captivating and mm-hmm. i can't overstate how genuinely like thrilling and enthralling it is to finally overcome the boss that's been beating your ass over and over again for like a week i got stuck on old king allen or false king allen for mm-hmm. literally like two weeks and oh like God. i i was just like and it was partly because i wasn't taking i wasn't absorbing the lessons that demon souls was trying to teach me i was very much still playing very brash and mm-hmm. not being particularly conservative or waiting or watching for patterns um, i think that's actually one of the main like differences between demon souls and kind of the later games too is that demon souls does reward you for being more playing more defensive a lot of the time definitely i think as the series goes on more aggressive play is rewarded yeah absolutely um yeah but you can still like play demon souls like later souls games it's just like not really built around it. Yeah, it's harder. Um But I I Demon Souls is definitely the one that I think everybody should play. I know it's not the most accessible being that it is exclusive to PlayStation consoles, either PS3 or PS5. Um but I, I think it's important that everybody you know kind of kind of looks back and experiences where it started from. Um because the roots are there um yeah and you can there is a very clear like you can see the very clear delineation from demon souls into you know eventually something like dark souls 3 um i definitely want the remaster on pc maybe more nice. people would play it yeah i if it came to pc yeah i i just want more people to play demon souls because there are, are obviously like there are millions of souls fans out there and a ton of them haven't played the first one and i think that's a shame Mm -hmm. because i think demon souls has some really interesting sort of unique things about it it has a very it has a completely unique setting it has uh even for the series a unique art style um it's level based which bloodborne does that but um none of the other souls games do that um yeah, I don't know. Demon Souls is really interesting, and I like it quite a lot. Um, it definitely is unique. Yes, um, I like I think from it's all the others. I think it's the most <clears throat> unique of the Souls like quadrilogy. Um, not counting Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, Bloodborne is the most maybe, unique of all. Bloodborne's the maybe most maybe counting unique Bloodborne. Maybe counting Bloodborne. Uh, disregard Dark Souls two or Dark Souls three, depending on your preferences. <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it, I guess. Yeah. Depending how you want to rewrite history, it's up to you. Um, yeah. When did you play Demon Souls? So, um, I, I think I've told you this before. Dark Souls one was like many others, my first Souls game. Um, and after I I picked it up and put it down, like a few times. And then I beat it eventually. That's just, that's just like me going over my history before I get to it. But um, I definitely remember playing it before Dark Souls 2 was out. And I also remember during that time, like the Dark Souls 2 release window, and then even either before or after it, uh, 
so like 2013 ish i feel like me and my friends were like obsessed with dark souls and we're we're like oh dude we should play demon souls and my friend colin jones which he probably doesn't listen to this podcast but if he does shouts out um he we were over at my house one day and he logged he was on my ps3 and he's just like hey dude like we should get demon souls and play through the entire game and i'm like yeah but then i'd have to play through the game and i don't want to spend the money because i'm a middle <laughs> i'm a high schooler i don't have money and the dude straight up fucking goes to the playstation store and just fucking buys it using his credit card <laughs> i did, i looked away and i came back and he's just like oh here it is and i'm like did you just buy demon souls for my ps3 and he laughed and then he started playing the game mm-hmm. uh and man <laughs> what happened next i never uh finished it until i um restarted it when I moved up to Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like four years, maybe five after the fact. Um, and when I finally sat down and played it with my other, you know, my best friend, Ian, uh, we, we took turns, we switched off. Uh, and the, the weirdest thing about, I don't know if you've had this experience before, Patrick, but playing through a game with a friend, it can either be really fun or like really upsetting because on on one hand you're progressing at like you know theoretically you're progressing at like an equal level but on the other hand um maybe you or the other friend are like like really good at the game and the other person is like not not as good yeah yeah and so eventually one phases out experience or two like that yeah yeah, so that's what it was like. Uh, we we started it together, and then I think I really just finished it because Ian wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a long time, and also our relationship as friends was like pretty rocky. Living together was kind of wearing on us, and Demon Souls was surprisingly a very accurate l- reflection of where our like our <laughs> friendship was. Interesting, it's like. We, uh, we, we, like, every time we, we tackled a new challenge, we were just like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, we get to the Shrine of Storms, we're like, this is bullshit, man. <laughs> like, <clears throat> um, I, I mean, to be fair, even now that I'm used to it, I still think the OG Demon Souls is, like, the hardest Souls game I know a lot of people call it, like, easier, because if you know what you're doing, it's pretty easy. But, like, even going back to it a lot of the time, I don't remember what I'm doing, you know? Right. I think... Like, nobody's... Like, okay, it's that thing you went back to where it's, like, the game doesn't explain itself too well. Yeah. Um, and even... I'm, I, You know, now that I've played the first Legend of Zelda, it reminds me a lot of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but maybe, maybe less punishing... Legend of Zelda was kind of ridiculous in terms of how obtuse it was, but Demon Souls, it's more like a community-driven experience where you are kind of... There's a lot of people telling the truth and a lot of people online, like, lying, but that's how you sure. figure out, like, look, like looking up stuff and, like, talking to people who play the game, like, yeah, you have to go to Shrine of Storms, and that's where you get the shield that regenerates your health so you can use less healing items, but it's, you know... 
this whole this whole thing where you only really have an advantage based on how much you've played and how much of the game you know and for every for a lot of people that's not everyone's cup of tea yeah um and in fairness i think the the one thing that is true across all of the souls games including bloodborne is that the majority of the difficulty is not knowing in mm-hmm. your first playthrough <clears throat> and you know i think i think whatever souls game you play first is probably going to be the one that you think is the hardest because yeah. your experiences with the ones that you play after are informed by your you know the other ones that you've already played because you gain experience and knowledge of the series tropes and some of the mechanics that are consistent throughout the games mm-hmm. um so i i would say absolutely demon souls is the hardest even though like when i went back and played through the remaster i had a much easier time because i knew the game so well um yeah it's like uh bloodborne bloodborne and dark souls 3 like i think dark souls 3 legitimately was the fastest i've beaten a souls game like both in terms of hours and also like the number of days from launch it took me to beat it like I breezed through Dark Souls three. Like I rocked the shit mm-hmm. out of that game. Whereas rocked the shit out of that game. Whereas Fuck. whereas Demon Souls was like, like a like a two and a half month like grind. Yeah. So it, it does feel like a grind. Yeah. What's the worst boss in Demon Souls? Do you think the worst boss? Yeah. Um. I'll hmm. tell you what mine is. I feel, I feel like ours might be the same. If we like put enough brain power together, we might <laughs> if could we, be on the if same I, wavelength. If we rub our correct our collective four brain cells together yeah. to generate enough friction, <laughs> I'll tell you. Probably like, probably like the what the rot like the great I can't remember the name. The, the one rot. that's made out of the one that's made out of a fuckload of slugs in the Valley of Defilement. Oh, you're uh. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't remember its name. I don't remember its name. That's how much I don't like it. No, that's. I mean, that one sucks, but it's not like not because it's hard or like annoying. Oh well, I mean, if we're talking about like the hardest or most annoying for me, it's probably Flame Lurker. Oh, Flame Lurker's up there. I'm. I'm gonna for my money. I put uh the Man Eaters. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's like a <laughs> shitty Ornstein and Smell, you know. Definitely, man eaters. Man eaters sucks. Uh, man eaters bad. <laughs> man eaters sucks real hard, especially if it's your first time playing the game. Oh uh, yeah, and like Tower of Lotry is already pretty, you know. Especially the corpse run up yeah. to the to the man eaters with all those fucking bell wardens or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The brain eaters. I don't know what you call them. The mind flayers. That's what I call dude them. Suck. Sure they have a they name. suck, dude. They just yeah. suck. Three on a narrow ass staircase with no like means of pretty whack, yeah. Countering. Pretty whack. Pretty bullshit game design. Man eaters man eaters definitely suck. Um <clears throat> Yeah, that's probably that's probably like definitely the hardest or the worst one. My I'll tell you something that I do really like about most of Demon's a lot of well not most of but a lot of Demon's Souls boss design is a lot of them are like mm. puzzles. 
which isn't yeah just, i do like that which isn't really the case in other souls games but like tower knight's kind of a puzzle dragon god is a puzzle um yeah uh, all of them feel like that, and I think that's what actually gives them a unique flavor, because later Souls bosses are just kind of like straight up duels, which isn't bad. Yeah. But it's you know, uh, like I'll we'll get we'll talk about these kind of bosses later, but the, these bosses, these kinds, of, this uh, puzzle boss definitely fell out of favor with the community after. Demon Souls because whenever whenever they show up later, people are are so quick to be like, yeah, this is like the worst boss because you don't really fight them, you're just kind of figuring out like a gimmick, and it's like, yeah, but you know, I think that's also because of the way those games are built, where it's more like a test of combat and not necessarily like the player figuring out things on the fly. Yeah. What is so, it? Um, was it the old hero uh, in Shrine of Storms, the one who's uh, the one who's blind? Yeah. So as long as you're quiet, he can't. Like that's kind of a puzzle. Like if you if you figure out that he can't, you know, see you. So as long as you move quietly, you can basically just kill him for free. Yeah. Um, Love that. And then the old monk is a player controlled <laughs> boss, provided you're playing online. Dark Souls would reuse that yes. uh, eventually. <clears throat> yep. Um, what is what your the... what is your favorite archstone? <laughs> My favorite archstone. Good question. Um, <sighs> man, I think it's might be the second archstone. The mines. Yeah, I like the mines. Okay. I, I don't know, it's hard. They're they're all kind of cool. <clears throat> but they all kind of kicked my ass. They're they're all cool. Except they, for I mean one. like I yeah, like I like the the design of I mean especially in the remaster. I guess we could also just talk about the remaster too. It's just yeah, it's <clears> the same <throat> game just made prettier, so. I just I'm going to say this though, a lot of people gave the remaster an unnecessary amount of shit. For looking better, I yeah. And I just want to say, I just want to say, the original still exists. You can play it. I you don't have I, to. I understand why some people don't fuck with some of the art style changes that the remake implements, but I think they're great. I think they're great. So everyone else is wrong. Uh, and uh, I really like what they did with the second world in the remaster. I definitely feel like that is why I look on it more fondly. Sure. Um. OG's art style still really good. I think it still yeah, holds up for sure. Absolutely. Um, I like the Tower of Latria's art style. I love the weird horror aspects of it. And hey, I even like some of the Shrine of Storms in the original and the remake. They're both really good. I think the wrong answer you were talking about is the the fifth archstone, though. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one you're referring to. For for the record, my favorite archstone is Shrine of Storms. My least okay. favorite archstone is Valley of Defilement. I always forgot what the fuck it was called. I, I, I was about to say, like, Mire of Souls or some shit, and I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah. not even close. The, the Valley of Defilement is fucking brutal. It fucking sucks, dude. It it's is... like the worst aspects, and this <laughs> even happens in Dark Souls uh, with the... With the um... 
this is the beginning of the this is the beginning of the poison swamps trend in dark yeah yeah i don't think listen i don't think valley of defilement is the worst iteration of this trope specifically but in this game oh sucks and this valley of defilement is fucking brutal (laughs) you can't see where you're going a lot of the time the enemies deal ridiculous damage there's all kinds of new status effects. None of the bosses are good. Well, that's not true. Maiden Astrea is awesome. But the first two From bosses... From a story standpoint, sure. The, the, the first two bosses before Maiden Astrea suck. Um, I don't even remember their names. <clears throat> me neither. Well, one of them's like... Slugman. One, I, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> We're just guessing. How about we just get... We don't look it up. Don't look it up. Let's just guess their names. One of them uh, I know is like a bug pillar. Ah, uh, what is it? Don't look it up. I'm not. I'm not looking it up. Maggot mass. <laughs> Maggot mass. <laughs> it looks oh, 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 oh! Swamp I do. thing. I know. I I remember one of them now. I kept. <laughs> I kept wanting to call it the Great Dirt, but one of them is definitely the Dirty <laughs> Colossus. Dirty Colossus, yes, yes. Uh, one of them is definitely the Dirty Colossus. One. Dirty Colossus sucks. Um, what's the other one? Hang on. The it'll come to me. The uh, leech monger. Leech monger. It's leech. Going to say maggot muncher. <laughs> it's leechmonger leechmonger and dirty colossus yeah yeah both i don't even i can't even i don't even remember what they did what they whatever anyways yeah i think my least favorite part of valley defilement is um the weird janky hitboxes of the platforms where you just fall oh yeah for sure that sucks the um I think the second level in Valley of Defilement is worse than the first one because you basically just have to suicide run through a dark ass swamp that you can't see. Yeah. Um, you can get the Moonlight Greatsword there. Mm. So if you're a mage, it's best to just you can kind of just speed run it. Um But yeah. Other than that, there's like no redeeming factor whatsoever. I hate the Valley of Defilement. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember too much of it, and also, I never actually finished the remastered Demon Souls. So I think I got to Valley of Defilement World One, and I'd that's when I'd stop playing. <laughs> it's I literally like it's not even recommended that you do it last. Like if you're doing like a, a fresh playthrough, and I always do it last. Yeah. I hate it. It's pretty bad. Whatever. Um like all in all though, I like Demon Souls. I like the, the kind of I like the lore. I like uh, like um Yeah, I think Demon Souls has a very interesting story and it's super absolutely. it's super like um it's like Eastern European medieval kind of. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. The lore is interesting, the world's interesting, the characters themes they cover are very interesting i think maiden in black is one of the best npcs then touch the demon inside me (laughs) i always i love her voice i love (laughs) when she i've memorized the um thing she says she says soul of the lost key to no she's key is it key to life's ether 
Yes. Then soul of the lost withdrawn from its vessel, let strength be granted so the world might be mended. Yeah. And then so the world might be mended. Yeah, she says it quietly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. Um, what closing thoughts? Anything? Anything else you got to say about DES Demon Souls? It's a good one. I wish it's a good one. I, I wish it up at GameStop. Wish more people were able to play it. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, if this is just the beginning, like this is a this is a solid foundation and a really good high note to start on. And then we get. To I'm gonna. Um, hang on, my final thoughts for Demon Souls. Uh, Blue Point confirmed. Those sounds in the Nexus were absolutely a glitch. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, don't fucking assume every little sound confirms a Metal Gear Solid remake. That's all I have to say. Viral Twitter sensation Jared has spoken. <laughs> Dark Souls. Dark Souls, the cultural phenomenon. So The zeitgeist of gaming for, for the 2010s. Yeah. So, for a lot of people, this is where the Souls series begins, and for the internet at large, this is where it Gaming really, goes to die. This is where it really takes <laughs> off, and also this is where gaming goes to die. <laughs> um, love it or hate it. I mean, it. How, many, how many, like news outlets have been like this game is the dark souls this of is video the, games this is is the crash bandicoot insane trilogy the demon souls of platforming like it's like is doom eternal the dark souls, souls of, of fps of games? first person shooters yeah love it or hate it dark souls is hugely influential and it's here to stay even long after the series itself is has been done with now you could say that it's uh, it's ashes, it's uh, embers have reignited <laughs> yeah. the gaming landscape. Basically. Uh, it's so, a wildfire out there. October 2011. I'll never forget it. Mm. Um, this was like a week and a half, two weeks before my birthday. I was hot off of playing Demon Souls. I watched the trailer for this and... I just couldn't wait to play more of it, um, or play more of the series, I mean, and, um, yeah, I remember the first, the first couple weeks being crazy, I remember getting to Sense Fortress and dropping the game for a week, (laughs) (laughs) but for my money... This is the Souls game I've gotten the most hours out of. It's definitely the one I've played the most. Um, It's not the one I like the most, in retrospect. But it's the one I've played the most. Um, And it's distinctly different from Demon's Souls. Because rather than having a level-based structure where you go back to a hub world, um, Dark Souls is open-ended. And it kind of just drops you into the middle of a big area and you can go any number of different directions that you want and in this regard it is somehow even more obtuse than demon souls um yep 
because sure you, you could go straight to the catacombs and get fucked. You could go straight to Blighttown and get fucked. You could go, well, <laughs> you could go straight to Blighttown if you took the master key as your starting gift, but the game doesn't tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in which case... And also, why would you? Why would you? Well, yeah, like, okay, right? Like, if you're just started the game, if you don't know what the master key does, why would you take the master key, right? No, I meant, um, like, just go to the Blight Town first. What a terrible way to start a game. Oh, yeah, it's a terrible idea. Um, so, yeah. Dark Souls. Uh, man, I love this game, man. I, I love this game. I really do. I absolutely adore this game. Um, but. But. <laughs> <laughs> got a bone to, a... Got, i've got some bones to pick <laughs> i've got a bone to pick with you yeah i've i've got one or two bones to pick um what do you I, got i don't think a lot of the bosses have aged well um, give me an example well we had this we had this moment back during one of our discord calls where we did the t- we did the tier list stream Mm, and mm-hmm. we did the dark souls bosses tier list and right. going back on going like looking back on it and like really thinking about the bosses we we put a surprising amount in like the irredeemable tier mm, yeah um so you I, know what yeah i don't think a lot of the bosses like being now removed from the spectacle of them from literally a decade ago now um, I don't think a lot of the bosses are great. I think Dark Souls. So it's kind of the it's kind of the uh, the same story with Demon Souls. In terms of Demon Souls, the bosses aren't necessarily fantastic, but they're all like puzzles. But Demon Souls is carried by its fantastic uh, level design. Dark Souls, I feel, is very similar. I think the first Dark Souls has fantastic level design with incredible atmosphere, and most of the bosses are just okay. Um, But the bosses that stand out, like, as being truly fantastic, are the ones that you remember and are the ones that cement the legacy of the game, right? Like, Ornstein and Smo is a fantastic boss. Ceaseless Discharge is not a fantastic boss. (laughs) Um, So, I mean... Do you do you remember your first playthrough of Dark Souls very well? Do you remember the first time you played it? Like what were you, what do you thought about it or I do remember my first playthrough because I literally stopped three times. <laughs> <laughs> um and each time and I and I this this pisses me off too because I gave up so early. Mm-hmm. I got to the Taurus demon and then I was like and then I like died like ten times, and I'm like, "This game's impossible. I can't play this shit." And then I would like stop playing. Then like a month later, I'd pick it back up, get to the exact same spot, and I'd be like, "All right, let's give it another shot." And die ten times to the Taurus team, and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, this sucks." Uh, the third time I picked it up, uh, Ian was sitting in a party with me, and they were like look, dude, you just gotta keep trying. I'm like, dude, I've been trying. It's impossible. I can't do this. And I think that's when they told me that I could use the plunging attack on the Taurus team. I'm like, what? Yeah, you can I never climb put the ladder. Two, I never put two and two together. And then I was like, oh shit. And I tried it out 
that gave me an edge. And I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And then I beat the Taurus demon. I felt better than I've ever felt about myself. And then the <laughs> dragon on the bridge killed me. And it was back to square one. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That was an important part of the experience, I feel like, was uh, that, that failure and that kind of... Yeah. Le- learning the, g- the game's going to kick your ass, but if you've gotten that far already, you can do it again. Yeah. The, this trick exactly. is doing it consistently. And I think that's actually really interesting. I'm sure there's like games like Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, where that's all you do. Yeah. Uh, but in Dark Souls, it's, it's a little more implicit because it's not like the main focus of the game. Like, this is just how the game was made. That just happens to be a byproduct of how that game was made. Right. And um, just to be like completely transparent, I don't think Dark Souls is a game for everybody. It is definitely it definitely is exclusive. There's been a lot of people that are like Dark Souls needs an easy mode. Yeah. Um, and to that I say it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. But you know, there I, I also agree that there's definitely something lost in um playing for like an easy mode for Dark Souls because Dark Souls has a, a one difficulty level. That's it. Uh adding a difficulty level does you know negate that purpose that experience you get playing it and also there's people that say you know if we we gave dark souls a a difficulty level you know that it it gets rid of that feeling of everyone getting the same experience to which i would say everyone's experience playing dark souls is going to be vastly different anyways right yeah uh i i don't know i'm a big proponent of like play the game how you want to play it even if it's not the way everyone else wants you to play it for sure yeah i definitely um um, i i don't think an easy mode would hurt necessarily but there's definitely something to be said and even admired about a game director who says this is this is my vision for the game and i'm not compromising it yeah i Um, mean that's the yeah that's how i feel too it's uh there's also something to be said about how many people have uh, gone on to praise that difficulty and enjoy it. Yeah, and um, I think it's one of, if not the most defining and consistent aspect of the franchise is its difficulty. Um, and I think for the most part, I don't think, except for a few moments peppered throughout the entire series, I don't think Dark Souls or Soulsborne is unfair. I think... Mm everything most in the of the game, time most of the time i'm i'm gonna you know with some exceptions of course you know copyright tm whatever like <laughs> there are exceptions but i like 95 percent of the time anything in a souls game is surmountable through learning and understanding and just being patient with it and mm-hmm. the sense of satisfaction that you get for overcoming those hurdles is immense and i think it's really important to you know to the series because that like that windfall that you get is what kind of invigorates you to keep going because you're like oh shit i can do this like i'm i'm doing this i'm beating this game that's known for its super punishing difficulty you know maybe i'm better than i think i am and that can push you 
to go further in the game and i think that's really cool um and that that's especially apparent in dark souls because that's the one that most people played first that's the one that's you know everybody remembers i guess um what's the best what's the best boss in dark souls ornstein and smo okay let me rephrase that what's the best boss in dark souls one including the dlc um okay well if we're including dlc then it's either artorius or manis i'm gonna put my money on manis baby manis is a good one you i know, do love me some manis <laughs> you know manis is super easy if you craft the great shield of artorius i've no i've never done that if you uh Why? Uh, if you craft the Great Shield of Artorius and you have enough stamina, um, nothing he does can get through that shield. Oh. Um, mm. And with enough stamina, you can just straight block that bitch. I um, I usually just get the Silver Pendant, and I use that to block yeah. a lot of his uh, dark attacks. I rem- yeah, uh, I found this out because um, Anthony, who's a, a really good friend of mine and my sister, um when i got him into dark souls a few years ago and he obsessively played it and beat it to the into the dirt and got the platinum trophy for it and everything um i watched him fight manis with the great shield of artorius and i was like okay let's see like first attack i bet shatters your poise no Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, he was successfully blocking everything and taking barely any damage. Um intense. Crazy. Um What's the worst boss in Dark Souls? Bed of Chaos. <laughs> yeah. Don't even yeah, like you're right. Don't even fucking I feel like it's like look, ceaseless l- discharge is broken, but listen. fucking Bed of Chaos is a platforming challenge in my RPG. Listen, I'm gonna. Fu- I'm listen. All of Lost Isolith kind of sucks. Hard. Yeah, there's always like one or two areas in a Souls game that just suck. Um, in this game, a Dark. I feel like Dark Souls One has a, like a good amount of them. There's like like even not just areas that suck, but like ideas that suck. There's like. there's two that really stand out to me. It's like the depths and Lost Isleth are like my two least favorite areas in the game. I I don't hate depths. I hate I don't the hate depths, depths that bro. much. It, you know, it's cool that you can skip it. I don't hate the depths. I, uh, I don't hate the depths as much as I hate like the fucking the archives or something like that. See, I think the Duke's archives are cool. I so I think they're too big. I've there's seen... too many. There's too many casters. I can't see. I can't stand the depths, but I think the Duke's archives is rad. Um, I also can't stand the Tomb of the Giants, dude. That shit sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say Tomb of the Giants is pretty bad too, unless you, unless you, but you wouldn't know this unless by random chance through your first, uh, through your first playthrough. If you go to Lost Isleth first and you get the Sunlight Maggot, then it's a bit easier. Yeah, that's true. But only but getting the sunlight mag, it's a, a thing of its own, you know? It like... is a thing of its own, but if you've done it once, you can do it again. So I always make it a point to at least do that before I go to Tomb of the Giants on a fresh playthrough. Because that makes so... it so much easier because you don't have to offhand the lantern. Yeah. So God. 
Yeah, but I Lost Isolith also just sucks. Like every boss there sucks. The lava sucks. The bed of chaos sucks bad. These twelve Taurus demons guarding the ember suck. Um, they're not bad. <laughs> nah, they're fine. I can kill them. They're they're okay. <laughs> I think it's a nice way to show the player that they've come a long way. Yeah, that's true. When you ha- you put twelve of the fu- the first boss you fight, and you're just kind of like, hey, dude, well, second, these guys? second boss, but yeah. second boss, but first like real boss, real should big be, boy boss. Yeah, it should be noted that the actual first boss of Dark Souls is reskinned three times, and one of them is in Lost Isolith. <laughs> one of them is so in Lost Isolith, and it's the most annoying version of him. Believe it or not, um, let's see, Lost Isolith has specifically that- because of its arena. Is oh yeah, of for all sure. The branches. That's the least. That's the worst arena for it. Let's see. So Lost Isolith has that guy, ceaseless discharge, bed of chaos, and centipede demon. Ugh. Actually, my four least favorite actually bosses garbage. in the game. Fucking garbage, dude. Honestly, uh, my four least favorite bosses in the game are all in Lost Isolith. Uh, hey, wait. We should talk about um. My favorite part of Dark Souls is the hidden areas yeah okay I really like the, enjoy the hidden areas the fake walls and all that no oh i mean kinda, kinda. also Maybe. spoiler alert if you don't know what the hidden areas uh, from dark souls one are if the oh, you painted mean like, world oh, of artorias like you mean like the painted world if the painted world and ash lake mean nothing to you i've got some bad news we're about to spoil blow this bitch wide open <laughs> Spoilers um, for again that came out a decade ago. Um, yeah, again, but th- th- I mean, this is actually interesting because I I knew about the painted world of Artorias on my like first playthrough. Excuse me, sir. It's but the painted Ash world Lake, of Ariamis. Ari- Artorias. What the fuck am I saying? Ariamis. Yes, Artorias. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. Um, Ash Lake. I was aware of during one of my playthroughs. I didn't know how to get to it until like a few years ago. Yeah. Um. So the way to get the painted world of Ariamis is the most jank ass secret I've I've seen in any game. It doesn't even <laughs> feel like real. It feels like it feels like one of your friends is like like fucking with you. Like he's pulling your leg. He's like, "Oh, all you got to do is like platform your way up yeah, you gotta, the, in the Fireling Shrine. You, gotta, you just got to jump off. You got to take the elevator, the elevator. From the undead burg into yeah, the and then, Fireling and then, Shrine." I swear to God, I swear to God, this is like one of those secrets where your friend takes the controller from you, he's just like, okay, dude, watch, I'm about to do this, and he jumps, and he, he falls, and he's like, oh, dude, it worked last time, hang on, I just gotta do it again, and he's, it's like five yeah, minutes right? later, he it's like still like, doing he it. He dies like three times. And you're like, dude, I, it's not funny anymore, like, give me back the controller, he's like, no, dude, I swear, and then he finally gets it, and you're like, okay, he's like fucking with me. He got it, he got to the platform, but he's like, none of this is real. And then you watch him get to the very top. And and curl and he, into a into and a then he pretends egg. to be the egg, and then you get and taken then you realize, back to the prison. <laughs> then you realize this is the actual way you are supposed to do this, and that's insane. Yes, because it doesn't feel right. It feels wrong. Yeah, you have to do a ridiculous platforming section to pretend to be an egg, to be picked up by a crow, to be taken back to the prison in which you started the game, to work your way back to your prison cell, which is now guarded by a Black Knight, wielding the Black Knight Halberd, uh, or Black Knight Greatsword, sorry. Love it. And once you beat that, you can go into your prison cell and you can pick up the painted doll, and then you can Which take, does nothing. Which does <laughs> nothing, except if you take the painted doll, 
and then you go back to Anormondo, and you do the initial platforming challenge again, but instead of walking across the beams, you go to your left and you approach the giant painting on the balcony. The painted doll lets you go to the painted world of Ariamis, which is a small but very cool level. It's kind of insane. And I know a lot of people know about it by now. It's just really cool to me that this exists. No, it's 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 rad. Yeah, for sure. Painted World of Arialmas has a really cool boss fight too. Crossbreed Priscilla. Yeah. Um. Very Demon Souls esque level. Um. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Not a love fan. The aesthetic. <laughs> not a fan of the enemies that inflict the toxic status effect, which is poison, no. but two and a half times as effective. Not a fan of those. Not a fan of the skeleton wheels underground. Although it does make for a very uh tense encounter yeah um but like overall this world's really interesting it has a very interesting vibe you can't really get it anywhere else in dark souls and that's what's so cool about it it feels like a little like like how does how is this real how does definitely this exist? definitely really uh really rad and uh the concept of painted worlds would be revisited later in a dark souls 3 dlc so yeah Pretty uh, rad. This next one, though, Ash Lake. This one is really interesting, and I knew that it existed. I wasn't sure how to get to it until recently. And you have to go through a bunch of illusory walls in Blight Town at one end of the swamp. Yeah. So you go through the Great Hollow, which is not a good area. It's a, it's basically a giant tree, uh, all the way down the inside of a giant tree, all the way down. Um, a lot of, uh, what are they called? I forget what they're, basilisks. There's a lot yep. of basilisks that can inflict, uh, curse on you. <laughs> Fuck curse. Which I don't like. The curse is pretty bad. Curse but... is, like, the biggest reason I hate the depths. <laughs> yeah, once you get, once you get to the very bottom, once you get to Ash Lake, one of the few areas in the game that has music, and the track is haunting, if I say so. Oh, yeah, myself, definitely. But... Uh, there's a Hydra down there, which you only fight one other place in the game. Uh, but this one's a little different. It can fly. This is also where so, you can find the, the Dragon Covenant. You do find the Dragon Covenant down here, which is interesting. Uh, and just It's just a really just beautiful, gorgeous vista, if not haunting. Uh, it just kinda, it's like a giant lake, and you're standing on, a, on an island made out of ashes. Yeah, and it really does beg uh, like a lot of questions about the kind of world Dark Souls is. Like, a lot of people are like, is this like a literally like the world on which Dark Souls is built, or is this kind of like metaphorical? Is this like some kind of like cosmic force you're reckoning with, and this is kind of how like how your character perceives this? Like, what is this? And I think that's so cool. And, I mean, with anything in the Soul series, you know, there's no concrete answer. There's just kind of, like, interpretations. Yeah. Um, just gotta say, it's it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal way to really just deepen uh, a game. While also making sure that not a lot of players will be able to see it. Yeah. That feeling of exclusivity is unique and fun. and. I like it. Yeah, I like the uh I like the the well-hidden secrets in Souls games. I think they're uh, it's just it's cool for people to snuff them out and discover them as a community 
especially if you are an early adopter of one of the games like secret hunting and dark souls 3 when that game came out was so rad um yeah yeah, dark souls literally can't say anything about it that hasn't already been said it's it's iconic it's a classic it's revered as one of the greatest games ever made um it's 10 years old it's 10 years old now it's decade old in a couple months makes me feel old um, little fucking gold man. Game came out the same year as Skyrim. Um, That's crazy. Like literally a month before. <laughs> um, That's insane. <laughs> but yeah, I know, right? Um, and time marches on. Uh, it got DLC, which at the time, um, was unprecedented. Demon Souls didn't get any DLC, and initially it wasn't supposed to get DLC. Um, I remember reading headlines and articles from, you know, Miyazaki that were basically saying, yeah, we'll make DLC if the demand is strong enough, but we're not planning on it. Mm. Um, and then they made <laughs> the DLC, which is very good and houses some of the best boss fights in the game, as well as mm-hmm. really interesting environments and weapons. So there you yeah. go. And time travel. And time travel. You travel which, back in time. Who doesn't love time travel, man? We all love time travel, baby. And speaking of speaking of well hidden secrets, if you play that DLC and you beat Knight Artorius before you go through the forest in the base game and fight Sif, you get a you get a different cutscene when you fight Sif, if you've yeah, already no, fought you, Artorius. It's when you uh it's when you meet Sif in the past. Yeah, there you, you go. You get that cutscene. Yeah, there you go. And also you can bring Sif into the fight with Manus if you want, which is tight. Which is super rad. Also, Sif is a great boss. It yeah. makes me sad. Yes, Sif is an excellent boss fight. It's one of the high, it's one of the ones that really stands out. Um, also, last last thing I want to say about Dark Souls, uh, the Duke himself, uh, Seath the Scaleless, terrible fight, a terrible boss fight, terrible <laughs> gimmick. Ter- yeah, yeah, I don't like the Seath the Scaleless fight at all. <laughs> that shit sucks, dude. I hate boss fights where you're supposed to die. I think the the boss fights that really stand out to me are like when I think back are like Sif, Ornstein and Smo. Um, Belfry Gargoyles, Priscilla, and probably just the the very first boss. Oh, and Fair of course, and of course, Gwyn. Um, I think good. I think Lord of Cinder is a really cool boss. Um, thanks, especially, Gwyn. Especially since his music is so different than the other bosses. He just plin, plin, plon. he just gets a he just gets a sad piano, which is <laughs> so perfect for encapsulating who Gwyn is as a character within the lore and like the end of his story, as it were. Like the fact that he just gets sad piano is actually perfect. I um, wish he got a. I wish he was voiced by Clancy Brown. <laughs> he says, "Chosen undead, me boy." <laughs> I'm going to usher in. <laughs> I'm going to usher in an age of darkness. <laughs> Undead be chosen. I have decided not to kindle the flame and renew the cycle. <laughs> As he 
grabs you by the face. Uh, he fucking ignites <laughs> you. <laughs> Couldn't blame him. Couldn't blame him. Alright. Dark Souls 2. Good game? Good game. Actually, a really good game. Okay. Having actually, said that. Really good game. Really good game, actually. Having said that, it's my Not least favorite Souls game. Ooh. Harsh criticism. Coming no. from the man himself. It's my least favorite Souls game, but it's still really good. I don't... I really don't hate Dark Souls 2. I don't even really dislike Dark Souls... I don't dislike Dark Souls 2 for the most part. I think Dark I Souls 2... Turn my nose up at it. I think Dark Souls 2 has problems. Um, and they're more prevalent than the other Souls games. But it's still really good. Um... Like what? Name one problem. There's too many bosses and most of them suck. I could say that about Dark Souls 1 too. Hmm? You, I could say that about Dark Souls 1, but here's the thing. <laughs> in the... In terms of quantity to quality, Dark Souls has less bosses. And yeah, most of them are just okay. And then the ones that are really, really good stand out and they kind of carry the bad ones. I think in base game Dark Souls 2, I don't think the best bosses in Dark Souls 2 elevate the number of just bad one-off bosses enough. That's fair. If we include DLC, because there's really, really good boss fights in the DLC, then it becomes, you know, a bit... I like it's I'm a bit more forgiving. But yeah. in terms of just base game, Dark Souls 2 has some whack ass bosses. Flex I don't even remember most of them. Flex yeah, that, right, that's the problem, right? <laughs> like there's so the rats. There's yeah, I remember the rats call I remember Colony Rat, I remember the Rotten, I remember Flexile Sentry. Ugh. I remember Budget Ornstein and Smo who are in separate arenas. Um, love that in the same area even (laughs) love that for us um i remember the lost sinner or the last sinner um the lost sinner lost sinner is cool it's a fun fight um if you know to light the arena first that is yeah otherwise classic dark souls um the i remember the pursuer i remember the last giant um i remember a good oh what is it um who's the big who's the big dragon singe uh you're talking about this in the dlc is it i feel Sin, like the slumbering dragon the one with the big old spear in his side mm, unless you're maybe. talking about you're talking about the one you fight at the peak uh that's not is an optional boss the the big one I think that might be the one I'm talking about. I don't remember his name. I think his name's like Dumb Dragon or something. Dumb Dragon. Uh, um. Or Eternal. I don't know. You know. You know who. You know what boss? Apparently, in the lore, he's not actually a dragon. Oh, he's interesting. He's like a golem dragon. Huh. I've I've learned that, and I was like, "What does that mean? Who knows what that means? Who knows what any of Dark Souls means?" Did not know that. Um. You know. Whose whose name I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the last boss. 
Oh, uh, is it Nishandra or is it like? I think it might. It could be. Let me let me check it up just to be sure. I I think it. I think it's. I think it's Nishandra. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, uh, Nishandra. Nishandra. Cool design, boring fight. Cool design, boring fight. That's you know, fair. The whole of Dring Lake Castle is very much a sore spot for me. Dring Lake Castle is uh, pretty rough. Lost Bastille is pretty rough. No Man's Wharf is pretty rough. Um, the the woods is kind of, you know, eh. Like the woods, fair enough. Woods is fine. Hades I like ta- the phantoms. Hades Tower Flame is really cool from a visual standpoint. It's just short and there's not much to mm-hmm. it. Um, I think yeah. I think Majula is my favorite hub. And it's a good it's a good one in the the Souls games. I think Majula is definitely my favorite. Um, I like, I like I, like what I think though. What I think I don't actually remember that much of Dark Souls two, even though I played it like not even a year ago. I think um, that's the thing. Like <laughs> Dark Souls two is is really good, but it's just not like it's just not memorable to me. Like, and I I've played it a lot, but so much of it is just like. You know, like it's just kind of there. Like it's it's really fun because it's a Souls game. Like the the gameplay loop of a Souls game is inherently fun. It's hard to fuck it up. But like in terms of like the environments and the level design and the boss fights, it's just not up to par with the rest of the series, with some exceptions. It um, does feel more video gamey. I feel like, like, um, I remember in probably in the Matthew Matosis video for Dark Souls 2, which by the way, fucking ruined Dark Souls 2 discourse on the internet. And it, and it, that will always, I will always look at that video and be like, you needed to make this video, but man, I wish you didn't. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think specifically in that video, he mentions like the, what is it? Iron Keep, the lava level. That level feels like a video game. Mm-hmm. Very much. Like, it's very much like, like, you know, giant platforms spewing lava, enemies that are, like, in really optimal positions to, for, to wake up and, and come and get you. Yeah. And then just a bunch of traps on top of that. Um, whereas Sen's Fortress had a reason to be there. I mean, the whole thing was like, you gotta prove yourself, and then you can get up to Anor Londo. Right. Whereas Iron Keep is like, I'm not really sure what the lore is. <laughs> the old Iron King is in the lake, and he looks like Satan. <laughs> and he, he has a really lame boss fight, where he just kind of stands there, and Let's you well on him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dark Souls Two does have some cool bosses. Like, I think Mirror Knight is cool. 
I love Mirror Knight. Mirror Knight's a great fight. I think Mirror Knight's a great fight. I think uh, I think Smelter Demon's a pretty cool fight. Uh, um, Smelter Demon's fine. I didn't like him in the DLC though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got a whack in <laughs> the DLC. That shit kind of sucks. Um, luckily he's optional, so you don't have to fight him. I think one of the best boss fights in the series resides within the DLC. Um, I can't remember the. I can't remember which DLC it is, but the it's the final boss of that DLC where you like the last part of the DLC is going around and freeing the knights, and the more knights you free, the more of them drop into the arena with you to fight the boss. I can't remember which DLC that was, but that is a really cool There's moment, a... and it stands out. Crown of the Ivory King. Right? Is it? Yeah, it's Ivory King. I think. Good DLC. Good DLC. Not my favorite. My favorite is uh, Crown of the Iron King or whatever. Yeah, Crown of the Iron specifically, King. Specifically, specifically because of the Fume Knight. Fume Knight. I is... do like. I do Fume... like the Fume Knight a lot. Fume Knight's a good one. I, I think, think out of all the bosses in Dark Souls Two, if we're counting DLC, Fume Knight's my favorite. Fume Knight's up there. Fume Knight's definitely a top he's three. A, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I loved learning his patterns. I loved being able to finally kick his ass after, like, I don't know how many attempts. It felt really good. Yeah. Let's see. Um, it is worth mentioning that your experience with Dark Souls 2 can vary depending on the version that you're playing. Mm, yeah, the Scholar um, of the First Sin version, right? Yeah, so if you are playing Scholar of the First Sin which is the the bundle with on PS4, Xbox One, or PC, um, then it is completely reworked. Um, it's not just all the DLC. Scholar of the First Sin completely reworks the locations of enemies and items, um, mm -hmm. and it makes the game significantly harder <laughs> because yeah. some people thought Dark Souls 2 was too easy. Um, whoever said that, by the way, fuck you. Yeah, whoever said that is just like I don't know. I think Dark Souls Two has one of the most unforgiving starts in the series because healing takes four <laughs> fucking ever, and you don't even get to use the Estus Flask more than once at the beginning of the game. So you unless have you know where all the Estus shards are. Yeah. Which but... I didn't, and I, you know, on my latest playthrough, I fucking forgot where most of them were. Yeah, like, if it's your first fresh playthrough, you're not gonna know where the Estus Shards are. So you get one or two chances to use the long-ass animation of the Estus Flask. Otherwise, you're stuck using Life Gems, which are limited. They're also slow. They don't refill the majority of your health. And... Unlike other Souls games, health takes forever to recuperate. So you can use a life gem, and then you have to watch your health fill up. It's not instant. And you can be hit before it fills up, and it negates the healing that you've done. So the beginning of Dark Souls 2 is already pretty punishing if you're bad at the game, and you're attempting to learn it, because healing in the game is is brutal. Yeah. I think, um, honestly, I'm fine with the life gems, and I, the one thing I don't like is how they handled Estus Flask. I, yeah. I think they should have done it like they did it in Dark Souls 3, where they give you three from the get-go. 
I feel I like think, that's a better way of going about it. I I just I think the moon grass from the first from Demon Souls is just a much better system than the life gems. I, like I th- uh, I think moon grass is just a better implementation of the same idea. You know, different strokes for different folks. I think watching your the the like the trade off, you know, your your health goes up slower, creates some interesting situations. I don't know if I call them better. Sure. Outright. Um I will say the one thing I'm I don't know if this is the many Souls fans like this change or not. I think is a bad change. Agility. Agility is not a good change. I it overcomplicates. I agree with you. It overcomplicates literally every everything about and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to explain this right now, so I guess I will. Um you have to upgrade there's one stat called what is it? Like adaptability, I think it's called ADP. Mm-hmm. And adaptability uh impacts a a stat called agility. Uh, which starts out pretty low. The higher agility you have, the more uh, iframes you get when you're dodging. And now iframes are invincibility frames, which means how much when you're when you're dodging when you're dodging an attack. How like how many sec like milliseconds basically how many seconds of seconds you have wherein you're not going to take damage. Yeah. So if you can get the timing down right. Like you're you're gonna like be pretty good at the game because you're gonna be able to know when to dodge attacks. Mm-hmm. So, in Demon Souls and Dark Souls, you, depending on your armor, like depending on whether you're wearing a lot of armor or like a little armor, that's gonna determine how fast you can roll, and like dodge out of um attacks. And so everyone, there's like a flat rate. You will always have this many invincibility frames if you have this much item burden. Uh, but then Dark Souls 2 said, uh, change that, first off. I think there's only, like, two states. You're either just rolling normally or, like, heavy rolling, which is not ideal. You don't want to be heavy rolling. You want to, like, keep keep under, like, a certain item burden limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a agility adds this whole other thing of, like, if you don't upgrade this stat, you're only going to have, like, eight in iframes. Out of 60. And that's, like, not ideal. <laughs> because yeah. you're going to try to dodge out of an attack, and it's just going to hit you. And there's a there were a bunch of videos coming out around Dark Souls 2 where people didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> They're like, I, I dodged this attack. Why am I taking damage? And it was, it's agility. It's because you didn't upgrade agility, and that sucks. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like you're overcomplicating something that already was already okay like you didn't need to yeah for sure and i feel like you could say that about a lot of sequels to dark souls yeah any of them you could say you didn't you literally didn't need to change this you're reinventing the wheel for no reason (laughs) for example weapon durability in dark souls 2 is is atrocious it's my (laughs) least favorite change about the game so well Four con- Yo, you explain it. So, so for for context, weapon durability and weapon degradation in the previous Souls games is a factor, but it's slow 
and almost a non-factor. You have to repair your gear occasionally, but it's not much. Um, and you rarely would have to do it maybe more than two or three times in a playthrough. Um, the trade-off being that you had to go to a blacksmith to repair your weapons. Weapons in Dark Souls 2 repair every time you rest at a bonfire. However, However, to compensate for this, weapons degrade extremely fast, and bonfires in Dark Souls 2 are further apart than they are in the previous game. So what this adds up to is a lot of the time, your weapons will degrade completely and potentially break before you get to the next bonfire. And it super feels bad. And I <laughs> super hate it. super feels bad. You can bring toolboxes or repair kits with you, but I shouldn't have to. I'm just <laughs> navigating to the next bonfire. What the fuck? Why is my sword broken? Don't you love that? It's so dumb. It's like, I love it. It's one of the things... It, it's like they took the wrong lesson from the <laughs> difficulty of Dark Souls. And they thought that, like, the difficulty of the first game was arbitrary because of, like, a bunch of bullshit. I but don't, I think maybe you're coming at this from the wrong angle. I don't, I think maybe? they were doing this to encourage players to use different weapons. I think that's a terrible way to do it. The, and you know what? You're valid. I think, I don't think it's a good way to do it. I, I just think they had a good idea and they whiffed it. They they didn't I don't think they did it just to like up the difficulty. I think they had an idea and their execution was just not it. I And I think I, it's the same about AGL agility. I think that's the same thing. It's like Oh uh, man, I don't know. It's you know, they they did try. But they tried. It's not everyone's it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's also Dark worth, Souls 2. Dark Souls is not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, like if if the Soulsborne series as a whole is not everyone's cup of tea, then Dark Souls 2 is even more not everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone's cup of tea. It's worth noting that this is the only one that's developed by a different team. Um Miyazaki did not direct this one, and it was done by the From Software B team because A team was making Bloodborne. Hey, Jared, popping in during the editing process here. I just wanted to say that we're going to spoil Bloodborne in its entirety right now. And if you haven't played it yet, and you want to, I thought I'd put a spoiler warning here just in case, because uh, it's a good game, and it's still only available on PS4. I hope it comes out on PS5 soon. But if you have a PS4, definitely check it out. And, uh, yeah, so back to the episode. <sighs> Alright. I'm just gonna say it. Bloodborne. This one's my favorite. This one is up there. This is I think this might be my second favorite, but I can't really say because I think I've only played it start to finish once. Mm, okay. I've played this one a lot. This is the one I have the second most time in. Um Bloodborne, man. Okay. This game this game is a masterpiece though. This game This fucks. this is on like the same level of of Dark Souls. Absolutely. One. This, this is like This game is, this is a why they certified, call it Soulsborn. Yeah, this game is a certified 
masterpiece. I thought you were going to say a certified hood classic. <laughs> like, I felt it in my gut. I'm like, this is what he's going to say. And it's then that didn't too. Say it. It's that too. <laughs> but it's a, it's a fucking masterpiece. This game is incredible. So, stark contrast to the Souls games, we ditch the medieval setting for Victorian England Lovecraft horror, like, cosmi- Love like cosmic horror type shit. So, extremely engaging setting that hasn't, is, isn't often explored in video games, at least not as often as, you know, medieval fantasy. Um, and... In a change of pace completely, whereas Dark Souls games encourage being patient and waiting for the right moment, Bloodborne is all about playing as fast and aggressively as possible while still trying to avoid some damage. Um, They believe so firmly in this philosophy, in fact, that there is one shield in the game and it's literally fucking useless. Um, It's just a joke. It's just mm-hmm. there to tell you that this is not that kind of game. Um, your parry mechanic, whereas previously you parried um, with your weapon as like a, an additional like attack with your weapon. Uh, now you just get fucking guns. Now you just you use guns to parry. Yeah. Now you just get to fucking shoot people to, to parry and get uh, visceral attacks, as they're called in this game, as opposed to reposts. <laughs> And uh, visceral attacks are fucking awesome because you just dig your fist into the motherfucker and <laughs> rip out a fountain of blood. Um, you just give him a piece of your mind. Um, also, Bloodborne has significantly fewer weapons as uh, other, you know, Soulsborne games, but every weapon has two forms. Uh, they're trick weapons, so you transform them on the fly with the press of buttons. Really, every weapon is two weapons, um, which is awesome. Um, Bloodborne has a much, much, much simpler um, stats system for leveling your character. There's only a mm-hmm. few, um, so it's not as obtuse. And uh, one of them's useless, so you can just forget that one exists. Um, it's a blood tinge. Yeah, nobody fucking builds blood tinge. I don't even know what blood tinge does. Like you could, like, you so. could do a blood tinge build, but the only reason you do it is to prove a point to yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you could, you could just cut, you could just cut that shit out. Like, forget blood tinge. You, you don't need blood tinge. You don't That's need blood. Not tinge. important. Um, this is the game where I feel like the level design. And the bosses are on equal par with each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think the level design in Bloodborne is fucking fantastic. And I think pretty much all of the bosses, with maybe one or two exceptions, are fucking fantastic. So. It's thick, so thick we could horror ju- atmosphere. Yeah, we could just jot that down. Also, thick horror atmosphere. Super thick. thick cosmic lovecraftian atmosphere there's lots of creepy crawlies there's lots of you know talk about um losing sanity and fractured mental states there's hella blood 
Um, Hella blood, yeah. As the name Bloodborne would imply, this is the most violent Soulsborne yeah. game by far. It's a lot of, uh, I mean, I want to talk about the gothic horror and cosmic horror intersection is really interesting. Yeah, for sure. They don't often overlap in other forms of media. No, uh, but this one does it in a really cool way. I feel, I mean, I mean, you're probably at least acquainted with gothic horror, you know? Yeah, of course. So, like, you you probably know about, like, Frankenstein and, uh, you know, Dracula, all those classic old books. I think it's interesting that th- those, you know, those books had an interesting quality about them because they're written from the perspective of someone who's... The, like the the kind of weird shit that goes on in those books to them to the narrators like almost incomprehensible. Yeah. Like, uh, this is fucking things sucking blood. This creature is made from dead bodies. This, you know, it's like almost impossible to comprehend. Cosmic horror takes that a step further, like way further. Like yeah. <laughs> like a cosmic, you know, interstellar horror. Uh, but but in such a way that it's like. You you never really will grasp the full, um, the horror behind it, and the, it's interesting because gothic horror is kind of like the mask Bloodborne wears, right? Um, but cosmic it's like horror you got is werewolves. its true face. Yeah, you got like werewolves and stuff, and you got you know vampires later on, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to. You know, it's a whole thing, but they are technically vampires in this game. Yeah. But later on, you know, and especially, I mean, Castle Canehurst is like the best example of this, where it's like, yeah, you receive a letter and then you go to this area and it's like, oh, your horses, the carriage that drew you here, the horses were dead all along. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Ghost story shit like that is like, it's like, yeah, that's spooky shit, but you're we're talking like... It's like scratching the surface. <laughs> like we we're, we're we're up against literal eldritch abominations. Yeah, like we're t- actually yeah. Out from outer space type shit. Yeah, like, we're talking like <laughs> interdimensional demons that you literally cannot physically comprehend unless you have enough of a particular kind of stat called insight, which unless you know about the horrors underlying all reality you will never be able to see them yeah i think that's so awesome which is really cool because having enough insight in the game lets you see certain things that you couldn't before like if you have uh what is it i think it's like if you have 60 insight or more if you go back to um one of the main hubs of the game and walk out into the graveyard you can see the lesser amygdala whereas previously if you just walked through there you would just get picked up and tossed around by something you couldn't see and you're like, well, that's fucking jank. But if you have enough insight and go back, especially towards the end of the game, you can see the thing that's throwing you. <laughs> it's it is like terrifying the way the game slowly. It's a slow burn. Yes. To this kind of like, like something's obvious. Like you know, obviously something's wrong in the world at the get go, but it 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 doesn't really dawn on anyone how wrong things are until like the very end like the latter half of the game yeah i specifically think after the the lake the meeting rom the vacuous spider yeah i was gonna say like after beating rom and especially after beating uh especially going to the library 
uh, is yes. when the game really starts to peel back the layers yes. of what actually is happening. Um, and I think that's fucking rad. I think that the first half of the game being kind of just like your plain Jane typical gothic horror stuff is great because it makes the second half where we start dealing with beings from beyond the physical realm of human comprehension even better because it hits so much harder because you know how deep in the shit you are. The lore is insane. Everything, um... Bloodborne, like yeah, a... for my money, Bloodborne's got the best lore, too. Like, Bloodborne yeah. just has the most interesting story. I, um, there's one part near the end, I, I don't know if it's optional, it might be optional, but you go up to, is it called the church, or something? I forgot yes, what it's called. Yes, you go up to the upper church, which is optional. The upper church, yeah. Uh, optional, where you fight, what the are s- they called? The, the mushroom-headed? Cel- the celestial emissary? The Celestial Emissaries, And Ebrietas, Daughter of the Cosmos. Yeah, I love that fake out where you're like, oh, it's just the little alien dudes. And then you're like, that's silly. And then you you go down a level and you see this fucking abomination that looks like a deep sea monster. Yeah, the fuck the weird ass tentacle flesh bag thing. Oh god. Fucking disgusting. Ebrietas is fucking gross. It's one of the I most her, it's one of the most revolting things I've ever seen in a video game and I love it. I'm it's hard so to tell what you're even it. looking at. That's how that's why it's such a great like Well, yeah, exactly. Like it's a, cosmic like, horror. You don't know what you're looking at. You cannot comprehend what Ebrietas is. And yeah. that's perfect because the hunter can't either. And that's the it's, whole point. Yeah. Um it's disgusting but beautiful. Um, um so that's an optional secret area. Um the the upper church is hidden kind of. Um, there are a few hidden areas is there not besides so, the church. So so there's the church um Canehurst Castle is hidden that's and true. optional. Also Canehurst Castle is the best hidden secret area in the franchise. Um debatable, but it's pretty big. It's pretty, I got it's probably definitely the biggest. It's definitely debatable, but it's definitely my favorite and I won't be dissuaded because Kanehurst yeah. Castle Kanehurst drips atmosphere and Martyr Ligarius is a fucking awesome boss fight. Can't argue with that. Um also has um, the dollhouse. There is the dollhouse, yes. There They're yeah, not the dollhouse, but like the workshop. The hunter's the workshop. Yeah, in the, the hunt- real world. The Hunter's Workshop, yeah, that's a, that's a hidden secret area. You don't really do anything in that one, though. Yeah, it's just kind of there. It's interesting to know but, what's like in the real world there. But it is, it is there for story purposes, and if you want to get the true ending, you do have to go there. Um, I think. What else is there? There's, um... You can go back to the start of the game and unlock the gate, mm-hmm. and, uh... That's a whole thing. That is a whole thing, yeah. I think we covered the hidden areas or the secret areas. Um, just trying to think. I feel like I'm missing something. I think that's the hit. I think that's all the hidden ones. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I, I, I think. I'm just like I think so. Towards the end of the game, you just kind of start exploring dreams. Yeah, the game does. Kind, the game does kind of beeline you towards the end. Um, whereas the beginning is a bit more, 
um open yeah um just by the nature no i don't mind it at all i actually think it's cool that bloodborne is level based kind of like through that central hub and yet all of the levels still do kind of connect to each other in some semblance like Mm -hmm. they 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 don't all directly 100 percent connect to each other but large portions of the game do connect to one another Um, a lot of interesting shortcuts yeah um we we talk about the the uh, dungeons yeah so bloodborne has chalice dungeons which are neat they're procedurally generated but you can put in codes to get specific seeds and you need specific items to produce the rituals that let you delve deeper into the chalice dungeons but they do have an optional boss um an optional secret boss and you need to get really far in the chalice dungeons to get them like you could easily tack on another like 50 hours of game time just doing the chalice dungeons to get to the last boss of them you can sure as hell grind them out and make sure you're over leveled that's for sure yes you can um i think the chalice dungeons are cool i think they're neat i like them from a lore perspective too i think it's cool that there's just like a bunch of dungeons underneath yarnum that are like like belonging to a civilization that has long since been like built upon and they're kind of uncovering these like uh these old artifacts and all these arcane rituals yeah and kind of re like unearthing them and then that brings us to now and that's you know that's kind of scary too because it's Mm -hmm. like what happened back then why 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 do they have to build a labyrinth yeah why are these things still alive down here for sure. The Thumerians, they're called. The Thumerians. The other like the old precursor civilization. Something else I really like about Bloodborne's gameplay is that the armor is mostly for fashion. Useless, yeah. It's just pick which one you like the best because they all lend themselves to like a particular kind of defense, but in general, you're super fragile in Bloodborne. Yeah. You just, no matter what, your main objective is like your your armor or the clothes that you're wearing are not going to save you from yeah. from most of the damage in the game so just get really good at dodging and be comfortable with getting back in the face because the game really reinforces that through the rebound mechanic which is an excellent mechanic and i think it oh, rocks the, uh, the rallying yeah rallying rebound i always call it rebound for some reason that's the same thing same rallying concept is a, is a it never really made sense to me the naming convention behind it yeah but hey it's fun it's wish yeah. the other games used rallying because i like it it is really fun for those unfamiliar with bloodborne uh when you take a hit a certain portion of your health bar becomes orange and if you manage to deal damage to enemies before that depletes you get that health back um yeah you can't get all of it back, like not all of the health you lost becomes orange, but still you can get a really good portion back. Um, so it's just another, it's a way to kind of like tell the player like, hey, you should be pretty aggressive here. Like we want you to play this game fast. Um, yeah, Bloodborne's gameplay just clicks with me, man. It's about, so good. Uh... What about the DLC? Ah, yes, the old Peta, hunters. The DL, the old hunters, Peta. It's 
uh fucking awesome <laughs> it has the whole dlc's in a dream world so it has it's all kind of trippy it has some of the best bosses in the whole game and it has in my opinion the one of the most memorable but definitely the most haunting area of the game the medical bay um, oh god why did you remind me of that <laughs> I blocked that out of my mind. I literally suppressed that memory. You literally forgot. You literally forgot about the medical bay, huh? You know what? It's not a bad. It's not a bad area by any stretch. It's just terrifying. I think it's great. I don't like the implications. I think it's incredible from a level design and a gameplay perspective. But that it's it's haunting. It's the The horror aspect is. It is. Oh my god! The creepiest area in Bloodborne by far. I think. You know what, if you have, maybe we should just leave it up to the listener, you know, because we've spoiled a lot so far, but I think the the med bay is one of those things where you just kind of have to leave it to the imagination. The medical bay will be the one thing about Bloodborne I don't spoil. (laughs) I think Um, if, unfortunately, unfortunately, Bloodborne uh, is only playable on a PS4 and a PS5. um, Look it up, though. Look up Bloodborne, the old hunter's med medical bay or something. Yeah, one of the something uh, like that. Um, the living failures is a interesting, uh, you know, s- spectacle boss fight. Mm-hmm. Lady Maria kicked my ass. Lady Maria is okay. I should <laughs> I should also point out the old hunters is extremely hard. <laughs> um, yeah, the old hunters is sneeze. the hardest. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Jared. You need to go to the med bay. <laughs> Um, no. um the old hunters is very hard it's the hardest content available in bloodborne um the bosses in the old hunters do not fuck around lady maria of the astro no. clock tower is a hard-ass boss ludwig is a hard-ass boss and the orphan of Koss is the hardest ass of hardest ass bosses can i talk about ludwig sure real yeah quick? fucking one of the best two-phase boss fights in all of Soulsborne, hands down. Absolutely. Ludwig I, is a fantastic every boss. Listen, I I think I'm going to spoil this about Dark Souls 3 real quick. I, D- Dark Souls 3 kind of overdoes the two-phase boss fight design, I feel like. I agree. Which isn't to say, like, you know, the, it, I, I feel like you can mix it up. Uh, but when Bloodborne came out, when the DLC came out, I feel like it was still something kind of fresh, kind of new, mm-hmm. uh, that hadn't really been done to death yet. Ludwig has this really phenomenal thing. His soundtrack goes from this really uh, haunting refrain. His arena is also like gnarly. Yeah, it's really. And when gross. you get him, when you get him down to half health. There's a cutscene, my favorite fucking cutscene, where he he fucking it's 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 I'm gonna say this it's like a masterpiece of a cutscene. I think it's that good. He fucking falls to the ground, and out of the, like the side of his eye, he catches the fucking moonlight greatsword yeah, <laughs> from Dark dude. Souls from Kingsfield. It's a From Software classic. It was not in Bloodborne until this DLC, and he goes. Ah, uh, you were there by my side all along. The music swells. It goes into this grand orchestral fucking and then he, upswing. He, he fucking says it. My guiding moonlight. 
Ugh, dude. Oh, dude. The second so... boss of the fight comes in, he has a fucking Moonlight Greatsword. It's insane. Yeah, it's so What rad. an insane boss fight. And then uh, fucking Orphan of Cause, dude. Oh, man. Oh, man. When I beat this guy, I screamed into a pillow. I actually hurt one of my ribs. I Yeah, I actually really, I actually hurt my throat. Like when yeah, I beat I Orphan like, of Cause. I'm going to be honest, dude. This is the only... I couldn't even be happy when I beat him because I screamed so hard into a pillow, like it actually hurt. <laughs> I yeah, I genuinely like, hurt my voice when I finally beat Orphan of Cause. I couldn't it was kind of like his final it. "fuck you." I couldn't believe it. Um, I think he's an incredible boss, and he is a very fitting send off for that DLC. But holy fuck, is he? I have hard. to play it again. I have to play it again. He's. He's ridiculous. I do remember just being frustrated at the end. What a like! What an intro, though, right? Like, yeah. Oh my. Oh, oh god. The way he yeah, just block that out of my memory. The way he just slithers out, and it's just uh, <sighs> spoil spoiler alert. Orphan of Cause is like literally on a cosmic level a should be abortion, who yeah. literally jumps around and fights you with his fucking detached what? placenta. Well, here's the thing. He is a he is a will he is an is a abortion. Yeah. He's a was abortion because he this is a dream. He's a dream. Yeah. He's not real. But he just he just fucking jumps around and screams like a big dumb idiot and fights you with his detached placenta. It's really yeah. disgusting. Um yeah. it's great. Which is also the orphan <laughs> of cause from a from a narrative perspective is like the source of all hunters' nightmares, more yes. or less. Yeah. Because they do have to... I, I'm assuming at some point, in my mind, that someone did have to kill the Orphan of Cause, and this is, like, their original sin yeah. of the OG hunters. And I think that's really interesting. And I think the fact that the game doesn't dwell on it is really interesting, because... Jesus Christ. You don't like the That's game does fucked. the game doesn't have to dwell on it because you'll dwell on it for it. <laughs> um I do dwell on it. I do think about Orphan of Cost a lot, more than I should. Um No. I, I feel I feel like we think about it as much as we need to. As much as we need to. Maybe you're right. Uh do you have a favorite boss oh well, probably Ludwig. I was but do you have like a favorite boss in Bloodborne? <sighs> Maybe Ludwig. Yeah. I'm thinking if there's like any other boss that like really Ludwig's felt good. Ludwig's really good. Um I also really like I don't Garen. know. I like Garmin's good. I like uh, Garmin. Yeah. I like Father I like, Gascoin. I do like Father Gascoin. I feel like he's the most uh the best second boss, I guess I could say. Yeah. Or first, depending on which you do. Yeah, I mean, I uh, guess you could fight Father Gascoin before Cleric Beast. He he definitely is, like, the filter, you know? It's like, you have to fight this guy. Right, you do have to beat Father Gascoin to progress. And I think outside of the first part of Bloodborne just being the hardest opening in the Souls series, I think Father yeah. Gascoin is the stopping block. Like, Gascoin yeah. is, like, the roadblock that stops a lot of people from progressing. Um, but if you're one of those people, pick it back up. Give it a shot. Bloodborne's an amazing game. Yeah. Um, I think I really like Garmin, Father Gascoin. I I love Martyr Ligarius. 
I do um, like Marta Ligarius. I, I even like uh that mother that uh what's his name? The the guy you fight in the dream that runs away from you. Mikolash? Mikolash, I love Mikolash, dude. That's such a weird fucking pause. I it's it's okay, I guess. <laughs> cause or some say cause him. The uh the hallway run is whatever. I, I mean, so. I know I know how to finish it really fast now. So yeah. it's it's not as bad. Um I like him. I think he's a cool puzzle boss. I think Amygdala is cool. Um there's only a few bosses that I think are just okay. I don't think like I don't love the Witches of Hemwick. No. Um I don't like the Witches. I don't love Witches of Hemwick. Shadows of Yardum is okay. Vicar Amelia is pretty good. I like Vicar Amelia a lot, yeah. Um the boss that killed me the most by far is Bloodstarved Beast. Oh god, yeah. Bloodstarved Beast is hard. Bloodstarved like I like Father Gascoin was fun. I beat Father Gascoin like two or three tries, but Bloodstarved Beast beat my fucking ass. Like genuinely, True. like I was stuck on Bloodstarved Beast forever. Um and it felt really good when I finally beat it though. So hey. Hmm. Feedback loop. Um There you go. There you go, buddy. Yeah. Have we um, exhausted this? Have we blooded dry? Possibly. Um also Marigo's wet nurse is just okay. Um yeah. I actually it's I okay. I actually think Marigo's wet nurse is the easiest boss in the game because you can just walk behind it the whole fucking time. Yeah. She um, sure is. You can just you can just fucking walk behind it and slap it in the ass over and little, over until it dies. Little, little. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a little Um Yeah. That's Bloodborne. A modern masterpiece by any measure. My personal favorite Soulsborne game and the one that I think everybody should play. I like it's not a game for everybody, but I think everybody should try it anyway. Um because you never know. Um the taste yeah guess that uh brings us to uh the end of our journey for now which is brings us to the head of the table dark souls 3 dark souls 3 uh what a game to be honest this one's like middle of the road for me really Out, out of the five i've played this is like number three okay i would put this one right beneath bloodborne i know most people would i'd I'm I'm like ambivalent about it. I feel like this is where I started to realize they really can't do much more with just souls. Right. Um that's why I'm looking forward to Elden Ring because it's like what what can they do? What can they do that hasn't been done yet? And I think obviously Miyazaki felt pretty similarly because this is the last Souls game. Uh he said as much when it was coming out and he's confirmed as much long after its release. Dark Souls is done. Dark Souls 3 is the end. Mm-hmm. Um So I, I think he was feeling pretty similar. He was like, I just can't do anymore with this, so I'm gonna wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Dark Souls 3 is a great conclusion. Yeah, I think it's good. I think uh this kind of quasi trilogy really does wrap up pretty well here. Mm-hmm. And, it also uh, uh, it plays more like Bloodborne than a Dark Souls game, though. Sure, yeah. It plays not to its detriment. No, not to its detriment. Um, it just it plays faster. Like Dark Souls mm-hmm. Three is just faster. There's it not as is... much. There's not as much waiting, uh, waiting around or 
you know, watching patterns and stuff, because a lot of the enemies are fast and aggressive as shit. So, you know, take that as, as you will. Um, I think Dark Souls yeah. 3 plays great. I don't think it plays as great as Bloodborne. I think uh, it definitely is just trying to be Bloodborne with some Dark Souls elements. Yeah. Thusly, the reason you have, you know, shields again. Mm-hmm. Uh, shields work. They're good. Uh, I feel like it's definitely de-emphasized in this one. Shields are not as viable as they've been in the previous entries. They're not as important, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, if you've, if you've, you know, acclimated to Bloodborne's combat, I think you are not going to have that hard of a time. That is, ex- uh, that is exactly why I beat this one the fastest. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fast. Um, but, I mean, I think my, my biggest issues with the Dark, Dark Souls 3 are, you know, it does a lot of the same things the others have done, and it doesn't really do much with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and that's not to say, like, oh, you know, yeah, just because you start off in, like, the place where you go back to later, and it's a castle, you know, and it's, like, the end game stuff happens here, you come back here later, and then, oh, the game changes near the end, it's, like, in Bloodborne, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I just like I I don't like I don't like the poison swamp area. Mm-hmm. Fair and I don't like yeah. I don't like a lot of the catacombs. Uh, I think the return to Anne Orlando is pretty good. That I like the snow that actually blew my fucking mind the first time I played it. People say it doesn't make any sense, and I'm inclined to agree with them. I don't think it makes much sense either, but... It doesn't have to. It's a fantasy game. Yeah, I just... I don't care that it doesn't make sense. Like, as... Like, when I... When you go up the staircase and you spin the lever, I was like, no. No. I was like, no, they they couldn't. And then you... They did. And then you pop up in front of the castle and Anne Orlando comes on the screen. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I actually freaked for, like, five minutes. Um, and then you go fight Aldrich, who's, um, dude. <laughs> Aldrich is, I mean, well, te- not a dude, Aldrich technically is, it's a few dudes, but <laughs> Aldrich is the slime that is carrying the dude. Sure. Um, Aldrich is, is Gwendol, Dark Sun Gwendolyn and Grave Lord Nito, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I don't know how. <laughs> But there you go. There you go. He ate them. It's in his name. It's true. Aldrich the Devourer. Thanks, Aldrich. Thanks, Aldrich. Uh, what else? It's hard for me to remember what even fucking happens in this game. I remember a lot about Dark Souls 3. Um, I think Dark Souls 3 has a ton of really great boss fights. And a bunch of really yeah. memorable areas. Um, and then maybe a few not so good ones. Maybe a few not so good ones. The Crystal Sage comes to mind. Crystal Sage isn't great. Um, for as Curse much as Rotted Gracewood isn't good. Cur- yeah, Curse Rotted Greatwood's not great. Um, for as as much of a spectacle as he is, I don't think High Lord Wolnir is very fun. No, I don't like High Lord Wolnir that much either. Um, I was really disappointed that Yorn the Giant is just a gimmick fight. 
Um, yeah, but you get the Storm Ruler from Demon Souls. You do get the Storm Ruler from <laughs> Demon Souls, and if you've done all of uh, Sigward's uh, quest line, it culminates there. Possible Demon Souls Dark Souls connection confirmed. <laughs> Vati um, Video is gonna have a field day. Vati, I mean, they they have. So what alert, Vati Video? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I also wanted to. I, you reminded me of this. There was um, cut line of dialogue from Demon Soul or Bloodborne where I think Father Gascoigne is who says Umbasa. Mm. Interesting. They they Demon Souls and Bloodborne take place in the same universe, which is interesting. But I don't know if that's. I don't. Well, obviously that didn't come to pass. But that's obviously it didn't come to pass. Definitely interesting. I always I'm always like that. That that makes me look at Demon Souls in a different light too, because I'm like, how many of these creatures I'm fighting were just aliens always? Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's that is an interesting like perception to have of Demon Souls. Let's see. Um, but Crucifixion, Dark Souls, Crucifixion Woods is really memorable from Dark Souls Three. What are you doing, Crucifixion Woods? Uh, it's just like the middle area that gets you to Farron Keep. Um. Is that the one with the crabs? Yes. So Crucifixion Woods is the area that takes you to, like, the fork in the road that takes you to either Farron Keep or um, the place where you fight um, the, the mob fight. Um, the you, mob fight. You beat you beat Crystal Sage, and then you go to the area oh, yeah, after that to get the doll Deacons. that lets you cross the bridge. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, hang on. This game is this. Like I said, this game. I've played it twice. I don't remember much of it. It's also been a while. I mean, I remember parts of it pretty I've played, well. I've played through Dark Souls three no fewer than oh Deacons of the Deep. In the yeah, Cathedral of the Deep. Yeah, the Keith, the Cathedral of the Deep. I remember that. Yeah, I was gonna say. I wasn't crazy about the Cathedral of the Deep. Cathedral of the Deep's just okay. Um, I really like Pontiff Sullivan. Um, he's hard. Pontiff Sullivan's hard. really cool. Um, the Abyss Watchers is one of my favorite bosses in the series. They're pretty um, good as well. They're pretty cool. Um. Dancer of the Boreal Valleys, just kind of a neat boss fight. Very neat. Um, I really like the Twin Princes. Mm. Um, I yeah. thought that was an interesting dynamic. I um, like how they revived each other. Yeah, right. That's kind of the thing. That's, I mean, that's um, the gimmick. Namel- just, it's just a personal gripe. Nameless King is a bastard. Um... And Ancient Wyvern's a non-boss. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I did like the, the weird way you got to the dragon, whatever. Yeah, Arch, Arch Dragon Peak. Arch Dragon Peak. It's one of those weird video gamey things where it's like, you'd think someone's lying, but it's real. Yep, it's real. You gotta go do the Path of the Dragon emote in front of this one statue that's in the, <laughs> in the middle I, of the yeah. fucking prison. <laughs> I think Dark Souls' uh, fixation on dragons is really interesting. Yeah. And even comparable to uh, the worship of the Great Ones in Bloodborne. 
And I think looking at it that way is actually really interesting. So Yeah, it is actually. I mean, everyone has their own interpretation of Dark Souls lore. That's mine. I think it's cool. I, I look at dragons as as if they were like the aliens of of Dark Souls. Yeah, for sure. Very um, interesting stuff. Look into dragons. Every time you see a dragon in Bloodborne, I mean Dark Souls, look at uh, do your research. Okay, it's important. Where did the dragons come from in the in the age before fire? Think about it. Think. Yeah. Think. Do okay. you have, or what is your favorite boss from Dark Souls Three? DLC included. Mm. Favorite boss DLC included is uh what's his face slave knight gale from the very the final very final boss the very final boss of the franchise couldn't agree with love you that more. shit slave love knight, that fucking three phase boss fight slave knight gale is my favorite boss from dark souls 3 far and away far um, and away beautiful oh, presentation great arena great great soundtrack oh yeah for sure uh ring city is also just a fantastic dlc it's very much it's really hard but, very hard, yeah. It's but especially, especially the very first boss, Demon in Pain and Demon from Below. Uh, don't remind me. Super fucked up. Um, very fucked up. But not even funny. Great, uh, great DLC. Also, Dark Eater Madeir's a great optional boss. Um, if you want, never finished him. Get into that. <laughs> yeah, Dark Eater Madeir's tough, man. He's hard, dude. Very uh, hard. I've... Especially Maybe one day. Especially if you're like me. And you played through Ring City while you were already on New Game Plus 3, where Dark Ugh, Eater Medeer has unbelievable health scaling. <laughs> um, yeah, Dark oops. Eater Medeer is fucking rough, buddy. Um, I also really like Sister Freed a lot. From Sister Freed is good. Ashes of Ariandel. Ashes of Ariandel is also a pretty good DLC. I do like Ashes of Ariandel has that really cool has a really cool aesthetic. I love I love snow areas in Dark Souls. I wish they did them more yeah. overall. It's a fun nod to the painted world from the first game. And um as well. Also just as kind of like the I know Slave Nightgale literally is the capstone, but like as the capstone for the franchise at the time, I think Soul of Cinder fucking rocks. Yeah, it's a good one. When he gets back good, up, good arena. when he gets back up and he switches to Gwyn's move set and Gwyn's music comes in and like the music slows down and it's not nearly as dramatic, but it's instead slow and somber as you're coming to the end of the cycle, possibly for the final time. That shit hit different when I beat Dark Souls 3 at 2 a.m. the first time. <laughs> good lord i was like oh my god this game dude i will say it does capture the uh, apocalyptic feeling that i think they were going for very well for sure it does feel like the end so well, i'll praise that definitely yeah. i'll praise uh the dungeons i like the dungeons yeah i think level i think dark souls 3 has great level like design pretty good like bosses wardens, it's just it doesn't have everything for me uh, like bloodborne but yeah. it does have a lot of really good things and as far as like the as far as like the souls portion of soulsborne 
I feel like Dark Souls 3 kind of is a really good culmination of the formula. I think it does a lot of things the best um, in terms of that formula. And then I don't, you know, some things it doesn't do the best, but it's definitely, yeah. it's definitely up there. I would put it, I would put it just tucked beneath Bloodborne. And then maybe, hmm, probably Dark Souls after that, then Demon Souls, then Dark Souls 2. I think that's a fair rating. But I could honestly, having played the Demon Souls remake, uh, fairly recently and having it be so fresh in my mind i could be persuaded to swap dark souls or demon souls on any given day i think um that's fair kind of just depends i love the first dark souls and viewed purely through a nostalgia lens and the amount of time that i've played it i could say it's my favorite but in terms of looking at it from like a raw game sense it's you know i think other games mm. in the series are just better yeah um but, but every over, game is unique in its own way. Every it's... game's unique. Definitely. And every game like anybody could art could make a very compelling argument for any one of the games being their favorite. And I think they're all valid and I think they're all good to, you know, I think they're all great at the very least. Um and so are you, dear listener. You're all valid and you're all great. You're all valid and you're all great, especially if you give us money. And on Pinker.fm's support <laughs> donation system. If you want to be, if you want to be considered more valid in our eyes, please give us money. If you um, want to be the Bloodborne or Dark Souls three of our eyes, remember to donate after the show. <laughs> and yeah, that is Soulsborne, widely revered. It will go down in history in the upper echelons of gaming. Uh, it is one of the best series ever made easily in my top five potentially top three and uh yeah this has been fun i liked doing this dark souls is just okay <laughs> two hour long discussion about how good all of these games are yeah it's, it's all right a, it's, decent. it's not much of a quick it's not much of a quick save now is it it's just <laughs> yeah right considering this is longer than most episodes we put out i'm oh, sweating well. guys I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I love Dark Souls. One of the best series, maybe period. And Bloodborne is also a part of that series, and also Demon Souls is a part of that series. Depends. Uh, I'm looking forward to Elden Ring later, early next year. And uh, yeah, yeah, Souls for Life. Play souls, Dark Souls. Souls for life. If you haven't played Dark Souls, play Dark Souls. I've, I've you honestly, don't have to play Demon Souls. I've definitely thought about getting a Souls born tattoo at some point. I just don't, cool. I want to get a. I just don't know what I'd get. Get the Mark of the Hunter or whatever. Yeah, but that seems so basic, right? Like, like I feel like <sighs> most Dude. people who settle on a on a like a tattoo for this series get that. Yeah, whatever, dude. Like, the ten people that have done that. <laughs> the ten people Reddit. have done that. I know at least five who have a Soulsborne tattoo. Yeah, and three five of, them... of the ten who've done that. <laughs> three of them are Carol Runes, and then my friend... You can be uh... six. I could... The Carol Rune. I could be six. I could be six. Anyway. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Remember, at the end of the day, you don't have to do nothing you don't want to, but uh, push yourself a little next time. It's good for your health. Good for your health. Bad for education. Remember, at the end of the day, all unsafe progress will be lost. Good night, everybody.